Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. When was the last time that you saw He-Man's hair? <laughs> I, well, I'm well, asking this because I saw his hair a few days ago for the first time in, for the first time in decades. I can picture it. Am I remembering correctly? It's blonde. And it is, in fact, now what would the style be? It's a bob. It's really, a bob. It? A high it's... bob. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> he, he looks like he might be, does he sort of, a little bit, because it's, it's, I was going to say, it's not, it's not really a bowl. It's not, so he doesn't look like he could be in the Mike Flowers pops or something. It's more it's like. A, it's a bowly bob. It's, yeah. a, it's a bowly bob. It's a Carnaby Street in the swinging 60s. But yes. he's also just That's what sort it of been to. Club G.A.Y. as well, in the maybe the late 80s. Is his hair in any way similar to that of Velma from Scooby-Doo? Yeah, I think it's almost identical hair. Yeah, In I fact, they, like they've is. got interchangeable hair. But he's also, remember, he's, a, he's fundamentally a bodybuilder as well. Yes. And oh, he's on the roids, isn't he? There's no doubt that he's on He's a very softly spoken, roided roidy guy. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, what happens was... Because I didn't really watch He-Man. I think I was a little old for it. I, or maybe I just thought it was stupid. I can't really remember. But, mm. what I, but what I did remember, and I looked it up, was... Do you remember the intro? This is not car-related at all. I'm really sorry. Oh, uh, because if you remember, going, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't drive a car. He had a cat instead. Okay, a cat. He used to drive a cat. <laughs> what was the cat called? It was called so, Cringer when it was um, in a in normal form, and then when he force uh, yeah. fed it roids, it became Battle yeah. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> now was it was it a, was it a tiger when it had uh, been force fed the roids? I think it was. It became Tiger Spec. So it basically yeah. what happened Absolutely, was absolutely. I just like shoved he, a bottle of Huel into its mouth and made it drink. The he lots. laced its he laced its dinner with something that was exceptionally energetic, <laughs> banned and, by <laughs> And he made he basically had a stage three tuned cat. Mm. That's what it was. So it went from cringer. So then I, out of pure Wait curiosity. A sec, who, it, wasn't there a creature that used to go snarf a lot? Was that Cringer? No, you're, I think that was um, Thundercats. Oh! I think you're getting yes, it mixed up with Thundercats. Pardon. I am, I'm mixing up. It's obviously cat-related, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, anyway, go on. Thundercats. Um, mm. So then I thought, I remember the intro being quite cringeworthy, mm. so I looked it up. Mm. And so will you allow me to just... Just quote a, some some intro words here. Yes. Okay. Let, <clears throat> here we go. I am Adam, 
Prince of Eternia, <laughs> defender of the secrets of Castle Greyskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and I said, by the power of Greyskull, I have the power. <laughs> Cringer then became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms and also Orko. Together, we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. OK, so Why there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Why are they defending the castle? I mean... It's his house, right? He lives there. Or does he not live there? He just defends it. No, it is his house. He's either the security guard who lives in-house, or it's just his house. So, in other words, he's a prince. There's no explanation about that. He's a member of the monarchy. So, does that mean he was born into money, so he doesn't need to do anything apart from press-ups and chin-ups? Yes, but, I mean, this also suggests that there is a king somewhere who lives in a palace, so... Castle Grayskull is really sort of like... Um, it's a holiday let. Well, it's more like sort of... Not, it's like Sandringham or something, isn't it? Or where did, where did Prince Charles live before he became king? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, it would be like that, wouldn't it? It's, um, it's that. It's what's the place in Scotland? What was the queen, um, the, what's the Queen's favourite? or the Balmoral. That's right. So Castle Grayskull is Balmoral. The king is off somewhere in the capital city, so... Or is, in fact, Grayskull is a principality and he is the highest ranking royal. It's a very small principality. It's a bit like... Uh, like Monaco. Yeah, or even smaller. Yeah, oh. it's... Um, I was thinking Port Merion. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, not a principality, <laughs> just a town. <laughs> a village, probably. It is a village, not, not a town at all. <laughs> Anyone wandering around Port Merion claiming to be the prince of Port Merion is clearly uh, needs to be... Lying. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yes, needs to be investigated. I, um, my favourite part of all this, apart from the fact that he lives in a castle and he's friends with a ghost... Is the yes. fact that um, he the used used the, the the word fabulous fabulous yeah. secret powers were revealed to me the day I held yeah. aloft my magic sword. Can you imagine how many sort of like cans of Thatchers you would have had to have had before you start <laughs> throwing a sword around in your back garden of your castle, and then just reach up and it glints off the sort of moon or the sun, depending on what time of day you're doing this, and you just shout, "I have the power." It would just be amazing. I mean, it must have scared the shit out of him the first time it happened. Yeah. Because he wasn't expecting it. No. The first time I held my sword aloft, just, I was just dicking about, pretending to be a ninja in the back garden. And then, oh my <laughs> God, I've got the power. Yeah. Christ, the cat's become massive as well. It, it must have been a very frightening experience first time out. <laughs> the cat's become massive. I love that. Yeah, it's exactly um, it. And then there's that. The, I think Man at Arms is the is his mate who's in the full armor with the mustache. Uh-huh. Has um, he got a very? It's like got no neck. Oh, that's Ram Man. Oh, you're thinking sorry. of Ram Man, who I think oh, well, I head, headbutts through walls and doors. Is he a we've goodie all, or a baddie? We've all got a mate who's a Ram Man. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. Basically, what what Adam slash He Man has got is just a bunch of misfits from his gym. <laughs> Some necklace buffoon who headbutts walls because he's, he's taken too many punches to the face in the boxing ring. 
And then I can't what does man at arms look like? Hang on, we have to look this up. <laughs> I can't if you're looking man. You're listening to Britain's number one car podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. He's got a moustache. <laughs> He's got a moustache. But do you know what he looks a little bit like? Nigel Mansell. Yes, it's exactly who it is. <laughs> I think, imagine Nigel Mansell. In- <laughs> Mansell at arms. <laughs> <laughs> I think he looks like Nigel Mansell in futuristic armour. He does. Yeah. He's got the eyebrows. Yeah, it's just incredible. Why did we not notice this in the 80s? Well, he's a bit, he's kind of like Nigel Mansell meets Tom Selleck, I think. Oh, Selleck in, in, in full armour. There's a good one. There's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Magnum at arms. So he goes around solving crimes on Hawaii, but also he's mates with He-Man. Do you know the thing I always uh, think of for some reason, you know, when your brain sort of conflates things, but I, I think, you know, at the castle or by the power of Skull. I always think of by the power of Graypaul, the Ferrari dealership. <laughs> Graypool, yeah, yeah. I don't know that far away from Graypool. I don't know whether that whether that particular Ferrari franchise confers any powers on anybody, but um, but but it feels like it fits the same. Well, they're a they're a reputable you know. uh, they're a reputable dealer. But what about if Graypool, um, who's he who he's called day to day? Um, what about if I don't know another warranty issue arises with a with a with a Ferrari and he's like oh FFS and then just becomes <laughs> Skeletor out of just rage warranty rage. Now I'm just trying to I think like you I didn't really watch He Man I sort of have this memory that I I was aware of it that perhaps my brother being younger than me would watch it when we got home from school but I wasn't interested. Yeah. So much. No. So. I can't really remember. You know, if I was sitting here now with a blank page and I said, you've got to write an episode of He-Man. Okay, so he's minding his own business at Castle Greypool, just, you know, like (laughs) valeting an immaculate 458. He's um, just ordered an MC12. Um, He found that there was a delivery mileage one that was, I don't know, ordered by another crooked prince and he just, he's had it off him and he's had it shipped in. But then, and then Skeletor just turns up being a prick, and he's got to do the sword in the air, power thing. Cat becomes massive, and then has a scrap with Skeletor. I mean, what? I don't know the fine detail. Why was Skeletor always being a dick? And I, what was his ultimate aim? Just to annex Castle Greypool because he always fancied having a Ferrari franchise. That's, that's true. Actually, what what would he have done if he'd got? Castle Grace guy, just sit in it and go there. It's mine. <laughs> it's probably one of those things, isn't it? You know when you really want something for ages and then you finally get it. It's like when you're a kid and then you sort of go, eh. It's oh, the thrill of the now. chase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Always, it's sometimes so, like that with cars. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that the thing that, from memory, I think the thing that troubled me about Skeletor was not the fact that he had no face. It's just a moving jawline and a skull. It's the fact that the rest yes. of his body, he's absolutely ripped. I think he's a member of a rival gym. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that yeah. made me think, so pre-Fast and Furious, really, mm. the Mark IV Supra was the preserve of the the, the weight training enthusiast, should we say. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, how it, that's how it was. In, so I think Skeletor is... is <laughs> You know, I'm getting yes. yes, yes. Skeletor anyway, is the guy, is the guy with the very unprogressive <clears throat> nitrous-assisted Mark IV Supra. That's what Skeletor is. 
He's the guy who's, who's goes just constantly saying he's got eight or nine hundred horsepower, possibly a thousand, um, but hasn't spent any money on the internals of the engine. He's just he's just nossing the shit out of it. And, oh yeah, and because it's a two JZ, it'll take it. I was going to say he's doing the old two JZ, mate. It can take it. Yeah. stock internals, mate. Stock yeah, internals. It, yeah. Yeah, so Skeletor yeah. is stock internals, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> He's had By some headwork. of stock internals. There's <laughs> quite a lot of white smoke coming out there. No, there isn't. <laughs> it can take it. Castle grey smoke. That's like, oh, yeah. It's, oh, that's the beginnings of a head gasket, that is. As long as I don't use full throttle, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, wasn't expecting to start with in-depth discussion about He-Man, but I just had to get it off my well, chest. Well, in fairness, you you started it. You did just bring this up apropos of nothing. Why were you watching the intro to He-Man? It was on um, a radio. It was on a radio um, documentary, I think, about about th- strange things from the eighties. You know, like childhood, and they were talking about how successful how successful the um, the cartoon was in, in so ah. many other countries. And they played the theme tune. And then I was like, oh, I need to visit that, because I forgot that She-Ra was on as well. Mm. So you had mm. He-Man. I mean, terrible names, really thoughtless. Mm. He-Man, She-Ra, seriously? Mm. He-Man, I mean, She-Woman. Well, quite. If you and I pitched yeah. this, if you and I pitched this today as a cartoon, mm. they'd say, so what does... What does what does He-Man slash Adam look like? Well, he's pretty much got women. <laughs> he's, got a bo- he's got a bouncy bob. So yeah. He's got 60s women's hair. He's got a... <laughs> basically, you know Lulu in the 60s, well... <laughs> like that, like but that. he's a bodybuilder. Very quant. And he's wearing very, very sheepskin-lined wrestling pants, I would say. That's yeah. the closest... Yeah, I mean, it just—it's—it would never float, would it? It would never float. No. Oh, and he's got a cat, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, don't worry, it's fine. It can he's, get really um, aggressive. Yeah, when he holds he, his sword, he just um, he feeds it exclusively on those really dense protein bars you can buy at petrol stations, and so it's become enormous <laughs> and frightening on demand. Yeah, um, and that's about it, really. And there's a, there's a talking skeleton who's always been a prick to him. <laughs> trying to nick his house <laughs> oh, um, yeah we'll pass thanks yeah <laughs> how did they i mean i bet they made as they often do with these things let's have a look at this how many episodes of he-man did they make i bet they because made i probably made out three but we just don't i'm know always it. in awe of these people who can create long-running series on generally a pretty flimsy premise yeah i can't oh, it doesn't say that uh, yeah. Well, so I can't be bothered don't, don't to go don't worry. Wikipedia. Uh, oh, let's. I'll move on. Okay. Cosplay. Right. Ah. Okay. I realised this morning while I was making mm. a cup of coffee, which is next to me in a Smith and Sniff mm. cup. Mm. Seamless merchandise promotion available from our merch shop. Indeed. Um, I used to think that cosplay was something to do with Cosworth. Because, because I didn't know what the cos stood for in cosplay, so I just assumed, up until then my world was cars, and I just assumed it was Cosworth related. So I thought cosplay was just dicking around with either 
DFV <laughs> Formula One engines or Escorts or Sierras. That was it. Um, sorry to just go back to He-Man, but I found the answer. So there's been various He-Man cartoons, it turns out. But the one we're thinking of is the original early 80s one, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, it was mm. actually called. There were two series of it, only two series. What? But but a total of 130 episodes. Oh, my gosh. A hundred and nuts. I know. What? So this is one of these ones. As far as I can work out, He-Man is one of these ones, and I think there's other examples of this, where they basically created the toys and the series kind of simultaneously. Mattel released the original He-Man action figure in 1982. The franchise backstory was developed by the Filmation Animation Studio. So I wasn't too Um, old for it. I just wasn't interested in it. Maybe you just thought it was toss. Maybe you just went, I don't want to see this man with Lulu's hair and his <laughs> roid-stuffed body running about while a skeleton's generally a nuisance to him. But the it's skeleton, strangely, got no skin or muscle on its face, but it does have a six-pack and massive arms. Yeah. <laughs> so what's <laughs> going on with the protein <laughs> distribution on the ore body? <laughs> <laughs> It's just oh, too gosh. much. It's too confusing, even for when I was five or six or whatever I was, when I first understood what the hell was going on with Castle Grayskull. Um, um, were you... Were you uh, cosplay, did cosplay come to mind because it was... Uh, we just had the Goodwood revival just the past weekend. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's basically a big cosplay event, isn't it? Yeah, it has become that. It's become the 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 outfits and the the attention to detail has become as important as the motor racing. I was thinking about. I didn't go to the revival, but I was thinking about people there because it was that weekend was very muggy and hot. It was, and I thought this is a bad time to be wearing tweed. Uh, if you were going to wear. A Second World War brigadier outfit, I would say, not a great idea that weekend. No. Because <laughs> that'll be, what, based. thick wool. <laughs> yeah, itchy woolen clothes. No. That'll be one of it's, those ones where you've drunk eight pints of water that day and not one wee. Not one. No. Or just just, just, just a sort of, <laughs> a sort of solid worm of onyx comes out. Um <laughs> I we uh, my wife and I had a, a, a grown ups afternoon out, just the two of us. We someone was looking after our kids on that Saturday of the revival, and it was extremely hot here as well. And there was a Jane Austen festival in Bath slash Bath, and so there were lots of people wandering around in extremely big dresses and men in top hats, and again lots of heavy woolen items and they all looked absolutely boiling that's a terrible uh, timing for a jane austen event isn't it yes and also as a mate of mine who lives here pointed out jane austen hated baths so it's a bit weird that they celebrate her did she? she yeah i don't know i'll be honest i've never read any jane austen but <laughs> uh, but, but my mate th- th- tells me that uh all of the dickhead characters in her books come from Bath, which gives an indication of how much she didn't like the place. And she didn't live here very long either. But somehow she's become inextricably linked to it. And um, and so they have a festival to celebrate. Someone's not done their homeways. So- no, well, I think they just gloss over it because it's good for tourism. But, um, you know, it's, 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 I don't think th- this happens a bit, doesn't it? I think there's other examples of people being sort of, 
you know, places celebrating their most famous occupant, and actually that person hated it. And I, um, I can't remember who, though. Well, Philip Larkin, maybe? This is the first time, I think the first time in, could be 15 years, that I've not been to the Goodwood Irvival. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go this year either. Um, not because I didn't want to or anything like that, but I, I ended up going and taking my son and my um, my nephew to Santa Pod Raceway for oh for yes, the big one. You were sent same weekend. You were sending me those pictures. I was sending you those pictures of the FIA European Finals, and it was, of course, boiling hot. But mm. my oh my, what fun we had! Sticky on the strip then. Extremely sticky on the strip. So actually quite difficult racing conditions because the ground is really hot and tacky, but also the ambient air is probably too hot for, for engines oh, to run. They prefer to yeah. run it run in the evening on a day like that. Mm. So you get a little bit of cold air through the, the intakes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, an awful lot of fun. They were running um, all from all over Europe, top top fuel guys and um i say guys most of the top top fuel dragster drivers are female um in fact i think it's got the highest proportion of female drivers at, at um um kind of pro level uh in motorsport really yeah which is really good and of course the women and the men compete on a on an even playing field there's no like women's mm. racing then men's racing like it would be in athletics mm. or whatever so um yeah, it was really good, and but I did we did experience some some key um, f- elements of going to a Santa Pod base festival. <laughs> I forgot there's a term called Pod Face. Pod Face. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten. Some people mentioned it to me on, on on social media. Have you seen many Pod Faces yet? Pod Face is when on a hot weekend at Santa Pod because it's an, mm. uh, an old um, World War. Um, bomber airstrip it's yeah. um it's a dust bowl it's an absolute no. dust bowl and there is some, yeah. uh, there is still in this world uh sun cream refusers out there yeah so you have a combination of blisteringly hot lots of dust about and also sunburn uh then you couple that with a huge enthusiasm for day drinking um, oh gosh! Yes, the most extreme of which I saw two guys in singlet vests sitting on. Um, well, they weren't table and chairs. They were uh, one of them was a stack of tires, and the other one was uh, you know like a, a, a toolbox with yeah. sort of makeshift table. They were eating yeah. what looked like a very very sort of sloppy omelette in the morning. This was oh, yeah. I know this was eight in the morning because that's why I was going to get a coffee and I noticed them. They were both yep. eating a very sloppy omelette mm. and a can of Stella Artois each. Oh. Yes. Champion's breakfast. But for both car watching and people watching, it's ace. And in fact, my daughter's favourite race car called the Undertaker, which oh. is like a, 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 it's a, it's a top fuel funny car so full-bodied car that is sort of one piece no door opening doors or anything the body kind of hinges down they did this record run which was ace but the a bit of um a few sparks and fire was coming out of it over the finish line so they all kind of took it straight to the pits and well they, they, they they rebuild the top end end of the engine every every run on those cars anyway which is just mind boggling in itself so we went around there to watch them beavering away mm. and my son Wesson was 
marvelling at the fact they can take the whole engine apart and put it back together for a three-hour turnaround. And oh. the guy saw him what, what, watching, and he said, um, do, you want a, do you want a souvenir? Mm. And he said, oh, yeah, okay. And he said, here you go. Have a, have a billet piston that's just run that fastest time that we saw. We were watching it. Uh, have a billet piston. You know, that thing's been doing whatever it was, 14,000, 13,000 RPM. I don't even know. I can't. Mm. And he gave him one of the pistons that was in the car that they said, we've noticed a couple of sort of slight bore scores. We're not going to risk that one. You can have that one. And it's weird how race parts go from being really valuable to being scrap in seconds. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Talking of which, um, our friend Karen Chanduk yes. uh, at the Goodwood Revival seemed to turn a Ferrari 250 GTO into a pirouetting fireball. I don't know how he managed Yes. Bit hairy, that wasn't it? That looked for a really moment. hairy. So I went, uh oh. Um, but then all under control, and he, racing driver's head, as the the sort of spare, spare brain capacity where I think I, I certainly I would be shitting my pants. Yeah, he kept it all together, but then immediately got it onto the grass near the marshals, and got that door open so he could get out pronto. He did very, very did very well. No and the car harm was saved. done, <clears throat> and the car was saved. Um, Am I right in thinking that 250 GTO is that I don't how do they express this but it is a lot of these people who own these extremely valuable old Ferraris and other cars yeah essentially they want to keep them for best because they're worth many tens of millions of pounds yes so they have an exact replica made yeah, that's what goes racing. I think it's a, a sort of a, a, an agreement between these people that if you own the original, same mm. as same as a painting, I suppose. If you own the original, you're allowed to make an accurate replica of it, a clone, um, mm. because you own the original, and you're not doing it for monetary gain. You're doing it because you just want to bring one out in a public place, and the other one probably stays locked away in a vault. Yeah, but uh, there's there's a lot of argument about what which ones are the real deal racing at Goodwood and which ones aren't. Yeah, and this is where it gets. I can't, I can't quite get my head around this or work out how I feel about it because. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I sort of understand it. It is the keep it for best kind of mentality. But at the same time, by building a replica that you are not so precious about, you can then give it to someone like Karun 
and say, have at it, my friend. Yeah. Drive it as hard and as fast as you like, and that leads to good racing. I think so I kind and of like and appreciate that, but there's something, I don't know, at the same time it feels off. It's a bit of an odd one. Replicate. I think that's why the racing has got faster and more aggressive. Mm. And for spectators like us, m- more entertaining because mm. you are watching cars being pushed hard and the cars are suspiciously faster than they ever were in period. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you look at the Mini Coopers and you go, there's no way a Mini Cooper was doing that in the mid-60s. No flipping way. No. <laughs> No, they're sort of doing like off the line. They're doing naught to sixty in four point. Yeah, they're like seconds. a Civic You're Type like, R. I like, don't remember, <clears throat> but yeah. So I, I am not an authority on this, and I don't know which ones are real and which ones aren't. There are people. Some some say that there are certain owners who refuse to to fake it. They just they race the real deal and they live with the consequences, and everything's rebuildable if you've got the money mm. and the time, but. Well, it feels like a lot of these cars are kind of triggers broom anyway, aren't they? Because they've had checkered racing histories and, in, you know, in some cases have been basically written off. Yeah. And then the chassis plate has been applied to, I suppose, effectively a brand new car. But Yeah, uh, but as long as it's been done... It's been it's been done through an official... You know, if, if, if Ferrari took a car back and rebuilt it from... a, a, a um, you know, a, a dustpan and brush worth of 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 two fifty mm. GTO, but because Ferrari have done it, it's okay. Yeah, I think I, I, that's I, yeah. I think I'm kind of all right with it <clears throat> as long as people are. Tra- I think it's when people aren't transparent that I start to get a bit cross. Yes, I suppose so. And I suppose if say the owner, and I, I don't know for sure, but I think I believe that that two fifty GTO that Karun had the incident in is a you know sort of perfect facsimile of the. The, the original is safely locked away mm. um, and I I suppose if the owner of any of these cars decided to sell they sell the replica if one exists with it yes sort of like you might sell an expensive watch with a spare strap or something you I just think they just I, comes th- with I it. think they're inseparable because mm. one of them's got all the ra- one of them's got the racing accolades early in its career and the other one has racing accolades latterly in its career so mm. they're kind of in, they are inseparable but i suppose this is the bit that trips me up sort of morally or philosophically is that they will sort of just claim you know they'll often go oh, well of course that ferrari dgj 471 and they'll quote the registration and the registration of course is applied to both cars because i guess they don't actually use them on the road so it leads you to think it's the same car but it's not it's almost like the car has a stuntman that does the tricky bits these days. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, talking of which, I was alerted by... Um, it was Tavarish, actually, the chap who... Uh, the YouTuber with the, the broken... I enjoyed P1. your chat with him. Oh, thanks. I'm glad what you an affable chap he's he a really is. Yeah, he's a, he's a decent guy, honestly. And very impressive what, he, what he's doing. He... He was the one. We over a curry. We were just. He just decided to to chat about Steven Seagal, and we were talking about the fact that nowadays he mostly does fighting from sitting on a chair. And I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't stop it's laughing. True. I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, "What? You can't do fight scenes from a chair." <laughs> Right, you can try. <laughs> Is this like? But it's. I went to see Brian Ferry in concert um, only about five or six years ago, and he was great. But you realise that he is uh, an older man, 
And he'd carefully formatted the set list so that he had plenty of opportunities to sit down and do songs from behind the keyboard. So he'd do a standing up one, and then he'd just go and sit down for a couple of numbers, and then he'd stand up again. And I was like, I see what you're doing here. And when he was standing up sometimes, he'd get to the front of the stage, and he'd look like he was sort of bending down to do a bit of crooning. But I noticed he'd got his hand sort of on his on his thigh. And oh, a bit what, of a kind of, oh, what a bit of back. Just, yeah, he just looked like he was going, oh, more than this. Ah, my bloody back. And um, But he, he disguised it well, but I think it's probably the same thing as Steven Seagal. He's just gone, all right, there's six fight scenes in this movie. I'll need to do four of them from a chair. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'll be ruined. I just That's can't believe just... Seagal fighting from a chair. And then if you see any stood-up Seagal fighting, it's not Seagal. It's a duck. Oh, yeah. Like um, the Bond film, View to a Kill, Roger Moore's last Bond film. And at that point, you know, Rog was getting on a bit, bless him. And the... I know what the, you're going to say. There's a scene where he runs up the Eiffel <laughs> it's Tower. It's the Eiffel Tower, isn't it, with the leather jacket <laughs> yeah. on? I think... See, I think he's got a dinner suit on. Oh, has he? Yeah, but... Or I maybe yes, maybe, maybe not. Maybe as I thought. But in the, the wide the shots, on. it's very plainly a twenty-five-year-old stuntman who's absolutely legging it up the stairs, and then they come to the close-ups, and it's poor old Roger Moore, sort of huffing his way up three steps because he's not really, you know, in um, in such fine fettle. I can't, I can't save you to a kill without without thinking Vute, the the, the that Japanese oh, import which we've talked about. Oh, Vute to a kill. It's the same as that Gladys Knight and the Gladys Knight and the Pips song, which I was listening to the other week, wasn't I? Um, um, License to Kilt. License to Kilt. It's Kilt. Yeah. She, she, they act, the backing singers actually go. <laughs> you listen to it now. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Got a license to Kilt. And you know, I had ride on time on the radio the other day, and I, 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 ever since I found out that the, it's 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 right on time. The sample they use is "You're right on time," Ooh. but the Italian producers who put that record together didn't realise that, and they just heard it as "ride on time" because English wasn't their first language. So they called the record "ride on time" because they thought that's what she was saying, and it's not. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> And you think actually, ride on time doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's sort of you just accept. Of course, it doesn't make. It's huge. a dance track. It doesn't make any sense. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. But it's but that right on time makes perfect sense. <laughs> you go, oh wait, no, it's too late now. I've had the sleeves. Riding crazy. on the time. Riding on the time. <sighs> um, tenuous link, but uh, I, I wanted to uh, read out this email from a listener. Oh, uh, Luke Thorne. Hello, Luke. Um. He says, hello, Richard and Johnny. A friend of ours recently bought a very tidy Range Rover L322 TDV8. Nice. He took it along to a local car meet, and we were all surprised to hear he only paid 10 grand for it. We all walked off imagining what kind of mechanical slash electrical horrors he would soon encounter. However, after a couple of days, a link to a certain website started passing around the various friendship groups of this person. It turns out the Range Rover used to belong to a mature adult actress by the name of Lady Sonia. Oh. Not only that, but the Range Rover features heavily in one of her productions. No. With a large amount of action taking place from the driver's seat. Also, some from the rear bumper. 
However, one person pointed out she missed a trick as she didn't fold down the rear tailgate. That does seem like missing a trick. That is a total trick, Miss. Yes. He says, I would provide a link, but a simple Google entry of her name and Range Rover soon delivers the results. Well, I'll leave <laughs> listeners to um, do that. We won't be putting a link on the Patreon or anywhere else. Can anyway, I hang on? I'm just writing it down. If you seem so inclined. What's her name? Um, What's her name again? I can't remember. <laughs> Lady Sonia. Lady um, Sonia. Luke says it just seems so funny as we all commented on how clean it was inside. <laughs> I presume it had been aggressively valid. Also, driver's seat. Like, I mean, th- probably the least practical of all the seats in which to do what a a lady like that would would, would do on camera. Um, Amazing. Anyway, the fact that there was I'd no say, use, no no usage of the the twin tailgate is is almost. Which you just think, I mean, that's got to be a Range Rover's USP if you want to, you know, for a number yeah. of practical reasons, but including um, the making of. Can we? Um, I'm going film. I'm going to email Lady Sonia, and I'm going to point that out. But I will also <laughs> say, just remember, the Honda Element also has a split tailgate, so. If, yeah, but she wouldn't use it. She's clearly she probably wouldn't use the unique door arrangement of the elements either. Um, I bet she likes those aftermarket off-roader bumpers. You know, the ARB and the um, Hannibal. I think Hannibal is like a an adventure off-roady person's. Um, oh right, okay. Do you know the one I mean? Yes, I think They're so. a metal bumper, a, a much larger metal ledge of a bumper. I bet she'd mm. like one of those. Um, can I also just say a quick thank you to Tim Dowdle, another listener, who's the one who had the picture of the Brexit MGF, MGTF, sorry, that we, we mentioned last week, um, which I think he put on Twitter last week, but I will put this on the Patreon because we didn't. Uh, in fact, Tim is a patron. I know this because he's on there talking about this. But yeah, the, the Brexit MGTF, we now have the photographic evidence. Oh, I'll stick it on the Patreon this week. Brilliant. So that's lovely. Thank you, Tim, for sending that in. Um, also, a few listeners have pointed out that um, Calvin Harris has got a sweet prelude. What? Uh, on the uh, on, on the cover or for the, some of the promo photos for his uh, new song with Sam Smith. You're joking? Is that yeah, true? And it's, uh, yeah, it's, but it's sort of it's weird. The, the picture it's it, it's I presume hanging from a crane. I don't know whether it's meant to look like it's falling from the sky. I haven't really. Um, I did not have this. I haven't. The song's called Desire, and um, it's actually for sale. Uh, weirdly, it's sort of like modified. Mark Emerton was one of the listeners who sent actually sent the Facebook Marketplace link uh, for the car. Uh, it's it's nineteen ninety three Honda Prelude, um, and I presume the record company have ever done this because it's got the song's called Desire, and it's got Desire graphics at the side of it. It's an orange and black, and oh. it's got a rear wing, but it's hung from a crane dangling behind Calvin Harris and Sam Smith, who are wearing fetching tracksuits. I need to see. Well, this I need to see. Also, I presume, we've got to be deliberate, but the background, the the car is just, they're standing on some waste ground with sort of sundry kind of functional corrugated metal buildings and some rubble behind them and some, like, machinery and shit. It's an absolutely cock-awful, messy backdrop, but I suppose it's deliberate. Um... The description says, for sale is the Honda Prelude hung up for the cover of the latest Calvin Harris and Sam Smith song, Desire. The car is a 2.2 manual, runs and drives, was probably drained of all fluids before being hung up. Is currently running and driving, but failed its MOT on mainly some rust patches in the rear arches, but is quite solid apart from those areas. Open to offers. Believe you. 
Yeah, but it is a 2.2. So I don't, I'm looking at this. Listen, if I didn't already have like maybe one, no, I got three preludes. If I didn't already have three, <laughs> yeah. I'd go out and say Calvin. 6.6 in total, yeah. I'd like DM him. I'd like go, oh, Calvin, listen, yeah, I know you're busy and all that shit. You're going around to like Vegas and like Ibiza or like shit. But can I come round at like, I don't know, like tomorrow at like five, have a look at it? If it's half decent, I'll put a deposit down, I'll come and get it, modify it, yeah. You know, I said to you, I find it weird that every time I get sent a link for a car on Facebook Marketplace, I then scroll down and it suggests other things I might be interested in. It's always a few cars, usually a laptop for some reason, and then a lady's dress, but you, <laughs> the lady is in the dress and it's sort of quite, it's often quite provocative. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and you pointed out this is because Facebook Marketplace is now where um, transactions. It's fall. modern prostitutes. Oh uh, yeah, it's a modern and I prostitute. Felt very naive for not knowing this, and then I I clicked on it wasn't a dress actually because I got served a load of Fiat Pandas and a, a shot of a lady's leg in suspenders. Oh great! And for research purposes, I clicked on it thinking I bet they're not selling suspenders. I love and that. Sure enough, in the in the in the text, it makes it clear that other things are available. Um, I love the fun. Oh, yeah. oh, it made it clear. So it wasn't even, it wasn't, it wasn't. Well, I mean, not clear, not as in, you know, explicit, but definitely it hinted at the, what was going if on. If you wanted more. some more of this, you probably could get it. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. And yeah, and I had no idea. And then uh, last week, there was an article somewhere that I read that, um, that said Facebook Marketplace is the new hot place for not only uh, people offering services like that but selling all sorts of illicit things drugs is a big one um nobody goes nobody goes and like nobody like has a dealer on standby anymore on on the and they don't text people it all just gets mail ordered a bit like people who can't be bothered to go to supermarkets anymore and it all gets delivered to your your door in those little stackable lovely plastic Things I must steal some of those for my garage. Actually, I keep thinking about that just to rearrange your garage. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, Facebook. I don't, I don't, I don't go on Facebook Marketplace. I'm told it's brilliant, but I don't go on it. I think it's well, no, I do, but it's, it's odd to get sent quite a lot of links to cars for sale, and it's sort of it's a thing that. And what I then I was looking for something. Oh yeah, we I, I, we want to buy a sort of secondhand like key, piano keyboard for our kids to learn piano, and uh, so I thought I'll look on Facebook Marketplace. Mm. And even when you go on Facebook, it's quite hard to find Marketplace. You think they'd make more of it. It's sort of hidden in a sidebar, but there's absolutely shit ton of stuff on there. And of course, you know, you can tell it is your location and it tells you, you know, piano keyboards, fit pandas and prostitutes in your area, oh. which saves you having to travel much. Did you go Kitar or not? I, I wanted to, but unfortunately the piano teachers thought that was impractical. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to shout out a thank you to a chap that runs a... Land Rover Defender aftermarket business. Um, oh. A chap called Kevin at Mud, Mud Stuff, Mud-UK Limited, up mm. in Hebden Bridge. I want to say thank you to Kev. He actually, he's a, he's a, he's a Smith & Sniff subscriber. But he actually, mm. he knew that I was looking for some, um, looking for some half-decent aftermarket speakers and gear for my Insight and despite the fact that no. he does Defender stuff, he does single-din yeah. single head units. Because a lot of, as you uh, know, Rich, because you're, 
you bought the last of the Defenders, which didn't even come with the radio, which still makes me laugh. I've paid more for the last of the Off the Line. It doesn't come with anything. Um, and so, yeah, he's he said, "Oh, I I can supply some of that," and he has, and he's he's been really lovely. Oh. So I thought, and he turned up at a, we we rendezvoused at a barn find up in Wigan last week, yeah, and he turned up in such a sweet sweet example of the Mark um, Defender, which had a pop top uh, camper oh. conversion. It looked really neat, I have to say, okay. like a sort of expedition camper. Yeah, yeah, and he says it's not all for show. He's shipped his car all over canada and america and all sorts he's done loads of really cool stuff for that so i just want to say thank you to kevin and uh and and i thought it was ironic that the person that doesn't have any land rover products has ordered some parts from the aftermarket land rover guy but (laughs) yeah that's just the way it goes sometimes um there was one bit of other sorry i was listener business uh a few people uh among them andrew mccray and uh, Nathan Rogers sent us a screen grab from uh, the Louis Theroux documentary Raps New Frontier, in which you briefly see um, another candidate for our Jaguar Rescue Centre. Oh gosh! Um, it's a but it's, it's also pertinent to what we were talking about last week because it's a it's an XF donk. Seriously? Yeah, it's a pink XF on huge wheels just on someone's driveway and it's just a brief sort of shot of it um in this show which both nathan and andrew and some other people i think on the socials um they uh they just grabbed it for us to see um andrew also notes that you know louis Theroux did that song when he did he covered the the rap industry he did that jiggle jiggle song which then sort of went mad on tiktok didn't it because my kids knew it and they couldn't understand how i knew it Yes. Really? Yes. Um, and famously, Louis Threw references his Fiat yes. in it. And um, You need to see it. Andrew says, it drives me absolutely crazy when I see the song cover picture, which is a cartoon of Louis Theroux and the two rap artists he did the song with. But they're in a car, and as Andrew points out, it's clearly a Mark III Fiesta RS Turbo. And he's right, it is. It's a. It's got the those quad fogs on the front bumper, but then it's got the three spokes, so you know it's the turbo and not an XR2i. Right. Well, that's is that's it? out of order. It is. Andrew says rightly, I think. How hard would it have been for the graphic designer to draw a 1995 Punto 1.1, or better still, a Panda 100 horsepower, or a Sporting, a, a, a Punto Sporting? Yeah, yeah. Spoting. Spoting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, get your act together. Well, I know someone that knows Louis Through. I sadly I don't know him. I'm going to make you. You you love Louis Through, don't you? You've got a bit of a man crush on. I I have a huge amount of time and admiration for for Through. Always have done since his really early stuff, his weird weekends. Mm. Yeah, he was what he was quite an inspiring character for me, and I've always wanted to kind of do his stuff as like car based. Like here, emulate him in the car world, really, I mm. suppose, but haven't succeeded yet. So there's still time. There's still plenty of time. Well, I mean, I don't. It just depends what which bit you're trying to emulate. Yeah, you, not the going you go to and prison see bit. people with weird cars, and yeah, <laughs> but, ideally, <laughs> it was that. I can't remember who I heard a comedian doing a really good impression of Louis Three because what they they nailed this when he does that quite soft voice and he goes, "Have I upset you somehow?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you annoyed with me? <laughs> I've heard he's very nice. I know someone who used to work with him and he's very nice, very professional. Louis, I know you listen to this show. Actually, I don't. I'm just lying. Um, but can you contact us? It's, um, it's, it's, it's hello at smithandsniff.com. Yeah, if that like applies to, to anyone else who's not Louis through. If you've got something you want to say to us, hello at smithandsniff.com. Yeah. Yeah, particularly didn't... through. Is, are we adding Louis through to our list of people for whom we will waive our no guests rule? Oh, shit, yes. Yes. Okay, so yeah. it's now, I forget... Uh, Lewis Hamilton's on there. Yes. Your dad. My dad. Louis Theroux. Yeah. And I think somebody messaged the other day and said that um, when we mentioned our, our guest waiver list, we forgot Sade. Oh, bugger. Of course. Well, she was the original, we wasn't she? Yeah, I think she probably was. I mean, if yeah. we could get Sade to sing a Smith & Sniff theme tune, even just to t- 10 seconds, <laughs> just a little 10-second sizzle, would just be the most wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, sweet, lovely, yeah. wickedly talented. <laughs> empowering songs. Um, I, um, can I do no, some practical no. car news, just really quickly? Practical yes, yeah. car-related news i've been doing a lot of night yeah. driving this week okay yeah and it's yeah it's it's reinforced how badly i need to go to the optician so i've booked an optician oh. appointment so everyone can just come pipe the hell down <laughs> but but i am a rear view mirror dip refuser oh why do you dip the rear view mirror i have and would if it was required, yes. I just can't be bothered. I just live. I just live you with the dazzle. You can't be bothered to lift your arm no. a bit. I mean, it's already halfway there. I know. If you've got it on the steering wheel, you're not hanging down by your side. You don't need your hand dangle about by the seatbelt clasp. Do you know what it is? It's because I'm worried that I'll forget to flick it back, and then I'll think I'll, I'll think that I'm driving a van and can't see anything. Or that it's really foggy behind you. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I do, honestly, I don't ever do it ever. Even though I start to gnash my teeth when there's someone with Xenon Prince of Eternia's like properly like firing into the back of the car, I really am. Yeah. I'm a I'm a refuser of the dip, and I'd like to know if anyone else listening is a is a is a dip a rear view dip refuser. I don't want to sound like a shaft, but I realise that my Range Rover does it automatically. So um, as a lot of cars do these days, don't they? It's quite a nice little feature. You say it does it. I bet the next time you drive it, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> hey i took it for a service and the guy said it was a good one yeah so, he, he um, did he did i remember so that's you know i'm going to take him at his word he's been underneath it more than i have but um uh i the, when you remember i had my jag xjr years ago and that you know that was a what 99 car it was a lovely car a lovely car still is and um the first time I was driving at night when someone came up behind me with the, their slightly bright headlights on, I discovered it not only had an auto-dimming interior mirror, it had auto-dimming door mirrors as well. Blimey neck. That's cool. Slightly, and they worked. That's the most amazing thing. Because it's weird. Because the centre, they had a ring around the edge of the door mirrors that didn't dim. So it stayed sort of normal, clear mirrored glass. And then just the sort of the main, most of it dimmed. So that way you could tell when it had dimmed. But it slightly blew my mind that a car from 99 had it, particularly a Jag, which was, you know, essentially underneath. That car was, well, the fundamentals were designed in the 70s, but I guess the electrics were updated in the 90s. 
I was, I was quite impressed and they worked and they were quite good as well it was quite a nice touch they didn't go too dark or anything it's a sweet car we know this it is a sweet sweet car now, now um, of course safely back in the custody of TV's Richard Hammond so um, and he's had it he's had it all sorted out he is isn't he um on the note of housekeeping, just a thank you to all the people who got the gist of my ranting and moaning last week. I, after we did that, I was a bit worried that I would, uh, that people would misunderstand what I was trying to say, and that I would look like a twat. Um, but the thing about synthetic fuels, I was really just trying to make the point that they're not a magic bullet that is going to reverse the current trajectory of the car industry, and no. that suddenly we'll all just have petrol cars forevermore. And it's just annoys me when people make out synthetic fuels are sort of going to be some kind of panacea that will cause everything to go back to the way it was that's not going to happen and you know i don't think the future is necessarily bleak and i didn't tell you i drove um uh, briefly drove an ev converted old school defender a few weeks ago ah did you it was and it was really good yeah because i thought i was like oh you know but sort of the wrestling with the gearbox is part of the defender's appeal but actually it's quite nice you get a lot of the still it still feels like a defender it still wobbles around doesn't it It still wobbles around it's still bloody noisy because the tires and the wind noise and stuff but um but there's no clattery diesel noise like there is in mine um and it was all quite jolly and i really liked it and there was also uh talking to uh somebody at a company that makes hub motors oh and that is going to be a new frontier of EVs and the things that they can do with hub motors in terms of handling and ride as well um, are really quite interesting. And so it's one of those things that sort of gives you hope. If you like driving, there's this prospect that in the future you have a car that can, you know, in theory, at the push of a button, it could suddenly handle like a 1970s 911. And then when you're bored of that, it could handle like a K11 Micra. You know, it's just that, that in theory, those are the possibilities because they can do so much. Before we before we start winding things down, uh, yes. and before I tell you that I've, I've bought another car, I was just going to talk yes. about uh, Prince Williams. I've written it down. <laughs> Prince William or Prince Williams? Prince Williams. Wasn't it you that I was having a conversation with um, on WhatsApp? Over the last fortnight, oh. about people referring to Prince William as Prince Williams, and then but but then we're wondering. Yeah, a few people do. I mean, I think we're in the minority here because I certainly don't. So is it one of those things? Because I get slightly wound up by people who who say Marxes when they mean Marx and Spencer. It's the Marxist. It's the Marxist Spencer. Marxist Spencer. <laughs> <when> they do. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> It's uh, um, yeah. off of Prince Williams. Prince Williams. Prince Williams. Like, um, <laughs> so people, I always, I think this might have been from uh, like a Matt Lucas skit, or maybe I'm getting confused. Or was it they did rock profiles? They had Jerry Halliwell kept calling George Michael George Michaels. Yes. George Michaels. Um, it's so true. He gets called George Michaels a lot. Cliff Richards gets called Richards yes. a lot. And um, I always, for some reason, I, I, when I see Damon Hill I, in my head, I always hear a sort of Matt Lucas voice going, ah, oh, it's Damien Hills. <laughs> so so I, Prince Williams So is, Prince Williams, uh, to, my, to my knowledge, uh, he's never been involved in motor racing. Um, but then if people are calling him Prince Williams, do they think his surname is Williams? Like, 
you know, yeah. Amy Williams or Frank Williams or something. They just think he's called yeah, he's, Prince it's Fra- Williams. It's Frank Williams' nephew. That's right. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly it. It's <laughs> exactly it. If you do, you not seen him. He got told off when he was younger because he would turn up at royal events wearing a very 90s Canon Honda jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Canon cap. <laughs> and they'd be like, jackets. you're supposed to wear suits. What are you doing wearing... What are you doing wearing Prince Williams? Yeah. F1. Yeah. Yeah. Is it because some people call him Wills? Which is an accepted posh person's way to abbreviate William. It could be. And and then so they just assume that his full name must be Williams because of Wills. Williams. Williams is. I've just realised. Is Prince Williams going to just go to the Nigel Mansell auction and just buy loads of stuff? Because <laughs> well, he's already got it, hasn't he? Well, if, from, or if he didn't, maybe he was told to get rid of some of it in the 2000s and oh. he reluctantly got rid. And then he's gone, do you know yeah. what, bollocks? I'm going to be the king at some point in the not-too-distant future. Enough, I'm going to buy, yeah. buy the power back. So he's, <laughs> he's gone through Mansell's, Nigel Mansell's back catalogue and gone, right, I'm having that. Yeah. I'm having that cap. I'm having that jacket. <laughs> you know that trophy? You're bloody having that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so his, where do they live now? I don't know. High Grove or somewhere. Castle Grayskull. <laughs> it's going to be full of, <laughs> full of Mansell memorabilia. Well, Mansell, of well, course, we've, is, almost, we've looped back to the start here. We have, because... It's almost seamless. Well, because Mansell obviously is actually... He does live in Castle Grayskull because he is man-at-arms. Mansell-at-arms. Yeah. At arms. yeah. So... <laughs> right, well... On that neat note, it's probably time to pull this into a space. Um, before we go, I have three things to tell you. There are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Bacon Lakes Show, in which he makes scale facsimiles of large bodies of water out of thinly sliced pork products. Um, this week, Coniston water out of MS dry cured smoked rashers. If that's not to your taste, there, because you're vegetarian or something, then there's always The Late Break Show. Lots of excellent videos about cars on there. What is your latest tasty treat? <laughs> It's sorry, sorry, it's not a, a, a not a lakey bacon. Um, <laughs> it's this. You've totally put, thrown me off my stride. Okay, so the the next video is um, it's actually um, all about Maserati. I have ah. sort of decided to do a little bit of investigation into uh, whether I think Maserati's in the rudest of healths that it's been in for probably forty years, and um, mm. and it's just gone it's just finished its first season in single seater racing um for the first time in 60 years and um i wanted to to do that i had a little drive of the uh, the gran turismo folgore um mm-hmm. and shadowed the the formula e team when they went down to the london e Prix. Oh, and uh, yes. so yeah. that's that's what the, the videos were oh it, it's quite it's sort of a bit of a it's not quite louis through okay i'm not going to say it's louis through um but it's a Maserati overview. Yeah, and if, exactly. And there's and if you enjoy just talking about amazing old school Maseratis, there's a couple of mentions of things like the boomerang and the Ghibli, um, mm. which uh, and the Mirac. Still a car I actually want. I do want a Mirac. I yes. think. Mm, I think it would nice be a, quite car. a cool car to go to cars and coffee type events in because there won't be another one probably. So yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I'd love a Mirac. Um, and, and they're not that valuable, I think, still. So, 
I think any of those sort of late 60s and 70s Maseratis, an Indy, that's a handsome car. Yeah, that's well. the probably the cheapest. Yeah. yeah. And, fact fans, was the basis for the Rover SD1. Oh, the Indy? Yeah, most people go, oh, it's a four-door Ferrari Daytona. It's not the details were nicked off the Daytona, but the body surfacing, they literally took cardboard sections off an Indy and then applied them to the clay model of the SD1. Well... We, look, we know the that sort of the, body sculpting. The SD1 was a far more popular car than the Indy. Yes, I mean, I'd like an SD1 as well, I suppose, but I'd love an Indy. I just think they're really nice looking, and it's just something about it as well. You know, having a Maserati. Hmm. I do love. I just um, I like the badge. I know it's a sad thing to say, but I like the Trident badge. I think it looks great. I also think saying to people you have a Maserati is cooler than saying you have a Ferrari. I agree. I think I agree. I agree. There's there's two or th- oh, after doing that feature, uh, the, I just kept. I've been, I've been hawking around the classifieds, thinking, "Hmm, is that a terrible, mm. terrible idea about buying a Maserati?" I haven't bought a Maserati. <laughs> a by turbo, a really ratty by turbo. But you have bought a new car. I have. I bought one completely accidentally. It was offered to me. I didn't chase it. It chased me, and um, the price was so right that i just had to i think this is a bit of a dream car for you isn't it it's certainly something you've mentioned wanting this on the podcast more than once i think in the past yes true and now finally your your wish has come true yes it's it's happened now i'm not saying i've bought the most exquisite example of said mark but (laughs) (laughs) i think that's half the that's half the uh the challenge and isn't it It, i cannot wait for this i'm so excited about this we're not saying what it is because you want to do a big reveal on um on the late break i'll do a medium size reveal if that's okay uh, it might oh, okay. be a grower, not a shower. <laughs> I just okay. Fair <laughs> um, okay uh, where are we up to? Second thing, I've got to tell you is oh, we got merchandise, uh, mugs, t-shirts, stickers. They're all there. Um, so go to our merch shop. We'll put some links around the place and uh, and have at it. And we are hopefully um, going to have some new designs quite soon, including someone asked this week um, if we're still going to do um, car dealer back window stickers, and we are. It's on our list. Hell yeah. We just, um, we just need to get our act together. Um, so uh, watch this space for that. And um, the third thing uh, I've got to tell you, well, um, it's, it's not really a thing to tell you, but just that last week we ended the show with you just ad-libbed that little uh, jag vandalism news jingle <laughs> while we were talking yeah. and then i was bored and avoiding proper work so i set it to music and played out the show with it uh, which some people seem to find confusing and strange or, or amusing but uh, a couple of people went you were mentioning ethereal synthesizer music in your chat because you'd seen it in a sub ethereal yeah and they, went, and they were like well that wasn't very ethereal was it and i, I hadn't really thought if i'd been clever i would have put the two together and made the uh, jag vandalism news song more ethereal so now i have oh you could, you've done another version so i've done another version so we'll play out with that just a one-off just oh because, rich again, i was you've rampantly had... avoiding real i was gonna say you must have had a busy week <laughs> so busy that's the problem so busy and also such a fuckwit that i will do anything to avoid having to knuckle down uh, and this is the evidence of that so uh, this is uh, the Jag Vandalism News ethereal version and we'll do this all again next week, until then, goodbye bye
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.